We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. I want to say thank you to all of our guests this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us. Could we give our guests a, a Tabernacle of Praise welcome? Three o'clock in the morning has become so special to me. Why is that? Because that's when God has chosen to wake me up. At three o'clock in the morning. And this morning He woke me up again at three o'clock. And He just began to speak some things into my heart that weren't necessarily the things that I'd prepared for the week. But we want God to speak to us, right? We want God to speak to our hearts. You know, Abraham had to be purged out of a, out of a pagan country so that he could become a man that had a vision of a land of promise. He would be an inheritor of promise from God. Abraham had to be purged of a, of a son. A son that was born out that shouldn't have been born. A son out of disobedience. So Abraham had, he had to be purged from a son so that he would have a son, Isaac that would be a son that would be an inheritance of promise. Isaac had to be purged of a son. A son that was worldly and self-indulged so that Jacob could become the son that would be the inheritor of promise. Jacob had to be purged of a name. A deceiver. And he was purged of that, and he became the father of a nation, Israel. Jacob had to be purged of a son. Joseph. Not because of the ill will of who that son was, but later, as we know, that, that man, Joseph, would rise up to be the second in charge of all of the kingdom of Pharaoh of Egypt. And it would be that son that had to be purged from the family of Jacob that would rise up and would be the very one that would save his own people. Not only did he save Egypt from a famine, but Joseph would be that one that would save his own family from a famine. And as time went on, because Joseph had favor with Pharaoh, Pharaoh would give a land to to the family of Joseph, a land that we know as Goshen. And there in that land of Goshen, the family of Jacob would grow and become a, a very, very big nation, even though they weren't in themselves a nation unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh was considered God and king, master and ruler of all. And so as time goes by, a new Pharaoh comes into place. And in that time that that new Pharaoh comes into place, Something happened in Goshen as the nation of Israel grew. They began to look towards Egypt. And the people of Goshen, the people, the Israeli people began to look at the things of Egypt and the power of Egypt. And they became involved not only in the political system of Egypt, but in the culture of Egypt and the religion of Egypt. And this new Pharaoh looked at this and saw how great a nation that this thing had risen up in Goshen and he became fearful because now they were influencing his religion, influencing his culture, influencing his political schemes. 
And so he became fearful that they would overrun him and be, be the one that would take over all of Egypt. And so Pharaoh enslaved them. And so because of their looking towards Egypt and because of their looking to the culture and the political system and, and all, all of the things that were involved, the, the religious system, the many gods that were involved in Egypt, now we find the Hebrews in captivity and slavery. And so from this point, we find that God ceased to speak to them. And so for 400 years, 400 years, the people of God were under the influence politically, culturally, and spiritually, under the influence of Egypt. Oh yeah, there were, there were those in, 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 among the Hebrews that still believe the story of God. But over the 400 years, they had forgotten about Abraham. They had forgotten about Isaac. They had forgotten about Jacob. And now they're in the place where all they could do was live under the guise and the realm, the society, the culture, the religion, the political, all of that under Egypt. 400 years. We know that at one point in time, the Pharaoh decided that we needed to kill all the male babies. That would stop this flow and influx of people from that group. We know that how Miriam put, put Moses in a little ark and sent him down the Nile River and how that Pharaoh's daughter found Moses and how that Moses would then be saved and grow up and be, his grandfather would be Pharaoh, ruler of all, and he would have the best education. He would have all the best schooling, all, all, all the best of things money-wise. And, and, and the, he became engrossed into the culture and into the religion and into the politics of Egypt. But it came a point when he was 40 years old when God had to purge him out of Egypt. God needed a deliverer. And so he had to purge this Hebrew out of Egypt. And so he purged Moses out of Egypt. And for the next 40 years, God spent his time purging Egypt out of Moses. One of the things we have to understand is there is a constant purging that God has in his people. There's a constant purging that God has in his people. You know, the, the human body is interesting how God created us because the human body is in a constant purge. Our digestive system, our kidneys, our sweat glands, they all purge out the unneeded things. They purge out the, the, the things that would cause sickness. And what, what happens is, is when one of those systems shuts down or it goes awry or goes bad, then the, the body begins to get sick, doesn't it? You, you, you start losing the purge in your life physically. Believe me, you'll get sick really quick because your body is holding in those things that will, that will disease your body and kill your body. It'll make your body sick and kill you. The church is a lot the same way spiritually. The church should be in constant purge. And when we don't allow God to purge, what happens is this, the things that purge us from the, the evil and the, and the sin in our life, those things, the prayer, the word study, the... the just the constant communication, all those things. When those things break down, the body gets sick. The spiritual body, the church gets sick. It's only when, when you're physically sick that you go and you find a remedy. And when you find that remedy, you take that remedy because you want the body to begin to function again like it's supposed to. 
And it's the same thing in spirit. There are, there are remedies in spirit that, that when we, as, when we, and take yourself as the body of Jesus Christ and take us collectively as the body of Jesus Christ. There are things that cause us to become sick. Stop praying for a while and see what happens to you spiritually. Stop studying God's word and see what happens to you spiritually. Stop communicating with God. Stop communicating with God's people. Quit being faithful and see what happens to you spiritually. Well, pastor, I don't do those things already. Then you don't even realize how sick you are. You know, sometimes we get sickness. I, one of the things that I learned this past year was how to become familiar with a hip injury. To, ha- to be familiar with a hip problem. And I learned how to live with it. And a lot of times that's what we do spiritually. We have problems in our life and rather than let God cleanse and heal, we learn to live with it. And it becomes a part of us. And so we become like Pastor Don used to be. Physically last week, Pastor Don was doing this. But physically this week, Pastor Don is doing this. Woo! Mm Mm-hmm. But that's what God wants to happen in the Spirit. He wants to heal in the Spirit. He wants to take those things in the Spirit out of our lives that cause us to be crippled. And to cause, you know, what, what, I mean, I'm walking around, my God heals. My God heals. And there were some people who said, yes, I guess He does. But I got to go see some people this past week from last Sunday. And they were like, what happened? Purging is a very important part of our lives. And so Moses is 80 years old. Moses returns back via the, via the point and hand of God to the place that he was purged from. And he said, Pharaoh, you need to purge my people. It was time for God's people to be purged out of Egypt. And so what happened? God's people were purged out of Egypt. The problem was, because of 400 years of an inherited political, religious, and cultural system, Egypt was still in God's people. If you don't believe it, look what happened right off the bat. They get to the sea. The army's coming behind them, and their first instinct was, you brought us out here to die, Moses. What is this? We would be better off back in Egypt. I can tell you today, I would never be better off back in thievery or drug use or alcoholism. I would never be better off back into that. Don't think the devil hasn't told me I would, though. And listen, you understand something. God's people still had Egypt in them. And so God performed a little work for them. God said, let let me show you something about who I am. And he split a sea in half, and he let them cross over. And after they crossed over, the armies of Pharaoh that was in chase went in, and God just released the sea, showed his power. You would think at this point that Egypt would be out of them. But listen, you understand something. It's hard to get Egypt out of God's people. I know it's not something we like to hear, but even today, 
It's hard to... What was Egypt? Egypt was nothing but enslavement. That's all it was. It was enslavement. They were enslaved to every system that they knew. And so we, we know the stories later. We know the stories how that, that Moses took Joshua and, and, and the 70 elders and they went to the mount. When they got to the mount, Moses said, just, just hold on, Joshua, you come with me. And so they went up a little ways and he, Joshua had to stop. And Moses went to the mountain. There he received the tablets and the commandments and the law of God. Time went, goes by as this is happening. So as he's coming back down, he meets Joshua, and they, they head their way back. And Joshua is a man that, if you know about his story, is a man that has an ear for war. He eventually becomes the general of all the army of Israel. But he's, he's a little younger then. But one of the things that I noted about Joshua in the very beginning at the Red Sea, Joshua recognized that there was a power that was on Moses. There was an authority that was on Moses. There was a walk that Moses had with God. And Joshua made sure to grab onto him. He followed him around everywhere he went. He was, every time you looked around, it was Moses with Joshua, Moses with Joshua. It would pay you well to find somebody in your life that has power with God, that has a walk with God, that has all those things. Grab on to them. Grab on to them. It's important. That's what Joshua did. And on their way back down from the mount, what did Joshua say? Moses, I hear the sound of war. This was a man that had an ear of war. He knew what the sound of war sounded like. But when they get back down, what they find is not the sound of war. It's the sound of God's people back in Egypt. You see, they had fashioned themselves a gold statue, a golden calf, and there they were worshiping and doing all these vile things. They worshiped so loud and so heavy and so vile that Joshua thought it was a battle, a war. Can you imagine that kind of... What would happen if worship broke out like that here, where it sounded like war, but it was nothing more than worship? They were worshiping so intently to this golden calf so God had to purge some of the people of Israel because of Egypt being in them. We know the story. The 12 spies were sent out on reconnaissance. Y'all go check it out. Come back and report. And the 12 spies go out and they come back and two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, hey, what are we waiting on? Right for the taking. Yeah, there's some people over there. There's, there's some, who, man, there's grapes the size of basketballs. There's honey, milk, and honey, all of this, all of, man, they were excited. But Egypt was still in the Israelis. The other ten said, no, no, there's people over there the size of giants. We'd be better back in Egypt. There were no giants in Egypt. They'd rather go back to that than, and so God had to purge again. And there's a consistent purging. On and on and on. And they would spend 40 years being purged. And so in the story of Joshua, what we find is this. They're at the Jordan River. And it's time to cross. They had spent 40 years in the desert being purged. Number one is that the generation that was the generation 
that had Egypt in them was purged. Every single one of them died. They didn't pass into the promised land. Even Moses died before he ever was able to enter the promised land at that point. Who was left? Joshua and Caleb. And then you had the 12 tribes purged and ready to move. It's the point in time where we remember where there was a time when Joshua said, listen, we got a decision to make here today. Now, if, if you want to go back and serve the gods of Egypt, and you want to go, go ahead, have at it, live as hard as you can, because it's the best you're going to have. That's what you want to do, go do it. As for me and my house, no, we're, we're going to serve God. We're going to serve Him. Here's the sad thing about even through all of that purge and all of those things, even through all of that, when they crossed over the Jordan, two and a half tribes of those that had been purged chose to remain in the desert of Egypt. The result of an inheritance. You understand that there's an inheritance that you give your children. And it's not money. It's something much, much more valuable it's to help them to understand that there's a purging that needs to be in their life. You see, two and a half tribes is just not, even though they were of the next generation, the purge was not complete. And so they stayed behind and they lived. Here's an interesting thing that I did a little study on. One of them was the tribe of Gad. You've heard that name Gad in the New Testament. You've heard of the man from Gadarenes, the man full of devils from Gadarenes, centuries passed by, but still the purge hadn't took place. And as a result, the children's children's children were just full of devils. There's a purge that's been going on in this church. The last season that you and I have been in has been in a purge season. It's been in a purge season. Not last, not, listen, y'all are thinking 2020. We're not thinking 20, this began way before 2020. There's a purge that God's been doing in our lives. There, you, you remember a couple of years ago, God gave me a message that, you know what, there's going to be a sifting. You understand what that is, right? Sifting. Chaff from wheat. Getting the good stuff to stay so that, so that the harvest is ripe for us. And there's been that sifting. And there's been that purge. Some of it has been people. The majority of it has been attitude, faith, belief, understanding, knowledge, direction. There's a purge that we needed in our lives. And God's He's completed that purge. And so now we have moved into a new season. You all obviously can tell that this is not the sermon that... <laughs> and we've moved in a new season and in that new season, what comes after a purge, when you look, what came after the purge of the Israelis as they left Egypt? What came, what, well, first of all, the, the, some of the Egyptians went with them. Look, look in the book. Some of the Egyptians said, listen, this looks better than what I got, and went with them. Not only that, the Egyptians began to bring out gold, silver, and all kinds of goodies, and just heaped it up on 
the Hebrews as they left. And so what happens after a purge? God will bless. What happens after a purge? God will bless. I'm telling you today, get ready. God will, Not that God hasn't been blessing you, but I'm telling you today in this new season we're in, God is going to bless you beyond the measure. It's going to be the Egyptians that bring it and put it in your sack. Not only did God bless, but God performed miracle after miracle after miracle. Even though they had to go through a purge for 40 years, uh, man, if I had, Jason, if I had a rock following me around that I could just speak to it and water came out, give me a drink, I'd be walking through downtown Dallas. Hey, y'all, watch this. I need a drink. Man, if, if I was walking around at night and there was this big pillar up in the fire or during the day when it was 105 in Dallas and this cloud was falling, oh, man, the things that God did. Every day, nobody had to get up and make anything to eat. Manna showed up. Wouldn't y'all love that if you didn't have to make breakfast every day, lunch every day, dinner every day? Every day, God performed miracles in their life. Why is that? Because there was a purge. Even through the purge, God was performing that. We are done with that purge. Understand something. God is going to purge you and I through this process we're going through now. There's still some things in Pastor Don that need to be purged. You know why? There's, there's things that I physically eat, Eliezer, that, that there's a purge that has to go through my body. It's natural. It's how God created me. And there's just some things in spirit that still need to be purged. It's, it's natural. It's how God created me. And so in our lives as a church, we, we, we have to understand this today, that in this purge that we've just gone through, now we're going to experience some of the greatest things we've ever seen. Some of the greatest things we've ever seen. I, I believe, and every, listen, every generation says this, I believe Jesus is coming soon. Have, my, my parents said it. My grandparents said it. Their grandparents said it. You know what? Peter, Philip, Paul, they all said it too 2,000 years ago. What makes me believe that I'm different from them? The purge. The purge. You see, the things that were purged out of our lives in this last season are reflective to the coming of the Lord. Look at what's going on around us. If you'll research Scripture to look for the prophecies that relate to the coming of Jesus, you know how many are left, right? Jesus can come at any time. Jesus can come at any time. He's looking for a church that has cleansed themselves. What is that cleansing? You know, Becky, Becky's always told me, hey, you got to go on this cleansing. And, I, you know, I asked her one time what that meant. I've never asked her again. She wound up calling it a purge. I've never asked that question again. That's what Jesus is looking for. That's when Jesus shows up, when we've purged. In church, the church, listen, I said it earlier in the other service, and I'm going to say it again. Your pastor has been looking globally but more concentrated in the United States 
at the move of the church. What's, what is the pulse of the church in America? And we know there are, there, we see things, not, I'm not talking about the television things and all that stuff. That, that, that is an overcurrent of things that, you know, is hiding what's going on. But what's going on in the church right now are there are people that are literally leaving their jobs, husband and wife, along this one particular one with their brother, and they've just decided to go as Christians, and they're just preaching the word across America. They started on the East Coast. Currently, they're on the West Coast. They went to a place where I, I guess it's a guy that does Christian concerts, and, and so they were going to have an open concert in California, and they tried to stop them because it was an open concert, and they weren't going to wear masks and those type of things, and, you know, that, that, that won't get into that discussion. But you know who showed up? Yeah, let's, let's talk about who showed up last in a minute. Because <laughs> you know who showed up? Because this is, this is in the news. Those that were satanic worshipers showed up. There were bands that showed up with horns and all kinds of instruments. And they tried to overexpress and cover up the praise and worship that was going on at this place. But you know who showed up last? Jesus showed up. And man, no, you, when Jesus shows up, when there's the house of God there, you, you can't stop that sound. And those people left. Man, when they started worshiping the Lord, the, those satanic worshipers, they hit the road. Those people were trying to obstruct, they hit the road. They, they, they knew they couldn't stop this thing. Because you know what? God's church is being purged because he's ready to come. He's not getting ready to come. He's ready. He's ready to come. He's ready to come after a church that's without blemish, without spot, without... How could that possibly happen? It's the purge of Jesus Christ. It's the purge of Jesus Christ. I asked God this morning, you know, I've just... And, and, and I'm like you, Becky. It's not a... It's not a uh, there's this voice, and I hear this voice, and it's not that. It's the, like you, the thoughts and the, 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 the imprints of picture and all those things. And, you know, my, my thought process with God was like, what, God, what, why is this so important at this point in time? Why would you tell me something like this, which is so, you know, last week we had a service that was like <laughs> revved up and exciting. And this, this is, God, this is not, and his, his expression to me was, listen, when I want you revved up, be ready. Be ready. Because I'm going to perform some things that are going to get you so excited. I'm not telling you I'm going to quit my job, but God said, you're going to want to quit your job. You're going to want to be so engaged. I can't live that way. This next season is going to show who really believes Him. This next season is going to show who really trusts Him. This next season is going to show faith. Because in this next season, we're going to see what happens in this world, the demonstration of the people of God that believe God, because there's not going to be anywhere for you or I to go. Don't, if you're building your shelter, you're wasting your money. Sorry. If you've got a hole in the ground, fill it up. I got one that I was going to put something in. I'm just going to let it stay, let the water run in it. You know what? Because none of that's going to matter. If we believe God, we won't have to worry about having a shelter. We won't have to worry. God, and we're going to be at a point where we're going to see God. Not, not that we believe Him, but because we believe Him, you're about to see God perform in your life the things that you've always dreamed about. The things that you've always seen, 
in Scripture. Why, if that was a wild thing, God, how would you pour manna out? And where did that come from? And how did that? Man, can you imagine next year walking into your front yard and finding food for you to eat? You need to imagine it. You need to imagine it. Can you imagine flipping on the lights knowing that, you know what, that thing's been cut off six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, because I, I don't do what they do, and I don't believe like they believe, and I'm not going to do what they do. And you flip the lights on, and pfft, the lights come. Oh, you're, you're way out of bounds there, Pastor. Absolutely. Thank you for recognizing it. Because that's where God's taking us. That's where God's taking us. Now, there's always going to be the two and a half tribes. Jesus gave two and a half tribes is basically 25% of the tribes of Israel. Jesus gave the parable of the sower of seeds. 25% went on rocky ground, never took. Birds ate it up. It was gone. Never believed. There's always going to be that group. Here's the blessed thing as you stand about that. Here's the beautiful thing about that. None of us here in Tabernacle of Praise are part of that 25%. Huh? We're not going to be part of that 25%. We're going to be part of that group that believes. That believes. We've gone through a purge. I, I remember when I had to... Well, you know how when you're 50, you've got to have that deal. They gave me this water that was awful. You had to drink it ever so often, and man, did it ever purge you. <laughs> Dr. Timothy Huggins was doing mine, and he was a friend of mine out here in Weatherford, and he said, man, after I came out of it, he said, man, y'all please don't. He said, that was one clean job. Here I am still out woozy and like, what? Yeah, TMI, sorry. Y'all know Pastor Don Bishop's back there cringing his teeth and, you know, I got, how am I going to clean this one up? But understand something. We, we've come through the purge. And from this point forward, I want you to have an expectation not every Sunday. Have an expectation when you leave this afternoon. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And tomorrow morning when you get up, something's going to happen today. Look for it. I, I, I'm not one that, you know, you, you can't pronounce God's will in God's way. I was talking to a guy that was, y'all know Bo Harrison, one of my best friends. And Bo grew up in church, but his son didn't. And Bo was so concerned. You know, his son got off into drugs, did all, you know, so Bo knew who to talk to. And he'd just been talking to me about it and all these things. And God just, and I don't do this because, you know, you don't want to be wrong, but God just spoke to me so plainly and said, Bo, Brian's coming in. Brian's coming in. And we just broke down together crying on the phone. Because that means a lot to Bo. It's his only son. I'm telling you, there, there, are, those, there are those out there. I'm telling you, Brian's coming in. Brian's coming in. We're purged and we're ready. 
Mark 16 and 20, and as they preached, as they went everywhere preaching, that means that everybody involved, the disciples, all of them, not just the 12, as they went preaching, God confirmed the Word. What Word? The Word. They didn't have Scripture other than Old Testament. The Word they were preaching, God confirmed it with signs following. God doesn't confirm signs with His Word. God doesn't confirm signs with His Word. God confirms His Word with signs. And that's going to be the difference this next season. Is that there will be those that are, quote-unquote, inside the church, that are constantly looking for signs and wanting a confirmation of Word. And there are going to be those souls outside of the church that are just looking for Word. And God's going to give it to them and confirm it through signs. And that's what we're about here. That's what Tabernacle of Praise is about here today. We're going to be that church. Last week, God gave us a little snippet of what that's about. Because out of God's Word, He confirmed it with a sign. That was just a snippet. Church, are you ready? I was never so glad to be done with that purge. Man, the greatest thing was that last drink. Y'all did it. God is saying to us today, we've done it. We've done it. We've done it. Listen, be okay with that. Be okay with it. Because that was God's... Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? Some of us are already getting a little nervous. Austin said it a few weeks ago. Start practicing in your bathtub. Get your bathtub ready. There is no way that Bishop and I are going to be able to baptize all these people. There's no way. There's not enough. Just the 200 that he had a dream about would take eight hours. There's no way. Bishop probably a lot younger and physically now than... I'm sorry, but I can't keep up with you. There's no way. Somebody's going to have to be involved in that. And that somebody's you. I'm going to baptize? Absolutely. What do you think happened in the early days? Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost. Who baptized Peter? One of them did. There was 3,000 that day. If we can't do 208 hours, what do you think happened at Pentecost? And the day after, and the day after, get ready. Here it comes. You may have to call me one Sunday morning and say, Pastor, I can't be there today. We've got a drove of people that are parking in the, out here. They've come to be baptized in our pool. I'll see you next week. And I'm going to say, oh, get in your car. Tell them to dunk themselves. No. You're part of that purge, and now God's ready to take you and use you. Are you ready to be used? I'm just going to open this altar. Are you ready to be used? Pastor, I've been used. Are you ready? It's The purge has passed. Now are you ready to be used? D- D- Darren's, I don't want to embarrass him. Darren, Darren's a doctor. And Darren's very practical. Very practical man. I've watched him gut a deer. 
And when someone guts a deer and, and it describes to you every organ, and I'm just thinking in my mind, Darren, he's got him. <laughs> Darren's going to walk in here one Sunday and say, you're not going to believe what happened last week. I, I was just walking through, and there were people, and we, the emergency, man, it was going on and on. And I just saying a quick prayer, and this and that, and people were getting up and walking out. That all sounds crazy, doesn't it, Darren? Because he's an ER doctor. Sounds cra- people don't get up out of the ER and walk out. It doesn't happen. But I can't wait for the story. I can't wait for Carolyn to come and say, you know, South Lake's a pretty hoity-toity school. She lives there. She's hoity-toity, if y'all don't know. And I was in school, and you're not going to believe what happened. And I just t- took them to the side and prayed for them, and they, they were healed right there on the spot. I can't wait for that story. UPS is never going to be the same. FedEx is never going to be the same. Yeah, in your case, FedEx. Those places are never going to be the same. Where you're at today, never going to be the same. You're going to be talking to somebody about changing their flight. And they're going to be talking to you about what can I do here? I need help. Are y'all going to be giving free Mercedes away? Is that? Austin, Austin works for Mercedes. Things are going to be happening in every one of your lives. Every one of your lives. Because God's saying, you're ready. You're ready. Lord, you've been so awesome in the seasons that we've gone through here at Tabernacle of Praise. And we can look back and see season after season and the things you've done, how you've encouraged us and strengthened us in your word, empowered us in spirit. And now we realize today, God, we've come to that point where the harvest is white and Lord look in this church today look look at the workers that are ready for the harvest we don't have to ask the question where, where are the workers here they are. look at them Lord your people one thing we miss in your word God is how that we have to have faith in you but the one thing we have missed for years is that you have faith in us We've missed it, God. But today we realize you've called us into this because you believe in us. You believe in us. Probably more than we believe in you. Thank you for the purge. Thank you, Lord, that you loved me enough that you purged me in this last season. You prepared me. You've got me ready. We don't know what holds us and is coming before us and what we will pass through in this coming year and this coming season. We do know this one thing, Lord. You said you would never leave us. You'd never forsake us. And so we stand here today in this altar. We're ready. We're ready to be used, God. We talked about your prompting in the previous service. We talked about responding to you in the previous service. God, make that an everyday occurrence for the rest of our lives till you come. Make it an everyday occurrence. 
Give us an opportunity, Lord, that we can show somebody who you are. Give us an opportunity, God, to show somebody your love and your power and your healing, your blessing and provision. Here we are. See us today in this little town of Kennedale, in this little church, Tabernacle of Praise. See us today. We know you took Gideon from 32,000 to 300. And that would scare most people. It was just a purge. Those people were stronger in 300 than they ever would have been in 32,000. Yeah, we're stronger today. We're stronger today through this purge. Anoint us. Use us in Jesus' name. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.